Welcome to A Brew and a Biscuit, a podcast for those who want to live a more intentional life and take a different path. I'm your host, Nicolette LaFonseca. the bedroom curtains to make sure that there's less refurb because of all the soft furnishings but today it's so glorious the sun is finally out there's not a cloud in the sky and I just really can't bear to close the curtains so 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 much to talk to you about this week first up just a quick reminder to please rate and review it is a fantastic way it's the only way that a new podcast can get found and find a wider audience and just want to thank you all who have done so and who are listening. You can rate and review on iTunes. And also, if you are not an iTunes person, you can do that on Podchaser or Podcast Addict. And if you do, just um, send me the screenshot or a message on nicolettebrewpod at gmail.com or find me on Instagram at Archie and the Rug. And I can stick you in the launch hamper drawer and there's some lovely pictures of everything that is in the hamper on my Instagram feed. It's just so much delicious stuff, a beautiful wicker picnic hamper and it looks like we might be getting some picnic weather in the UK so that's quite cool. There's a beautiful blanket and there's some artwork as well. So this week I mostly want to be talking about creativity. Now after the pandemic creativity and craft seems to be at the forefront of everybody's mind. I have been a self-appointed champion, very self-appointed champion of slow creative living for decades now. So for years I juggled disability and chronic illness and high stress management roles. I'm no stranger to burnout. I, you know, I brought some of it on myself and some of it was just the nature of the role. When you're working in the third sector or the charity sector, and there is so much emotion involved in what you do, it is incredibly easy to burn out if you if you care. So I knew that I needed to reassess how I was living. And I talked a lot about this in the first episode, about how I knew that I needed to change. So now I still run a business and I manage my time and focus my energy where it needs to be. And I'm actually achieving more day to day than I did before. And I really do feel that like a, a whole time management um, episode needs to come, which sounds incredibly dull, but good time management, as well as sounding dull, is actually really important because you just get loads of fun stuff done then. What I don't want to see is after this pandemic and the, you know, the return to normal in inverted commas and whatever that's going to be, I don't want people to be like, oh yeah, yeah, craft was just for that. I'm done with craft now. It served its purpose. It's done. I'm done with creativity because I want to talk of this episode about how creativity isn't just about crafting. And I want people to really come away from this and go, okay, no, I'm I'm just going to take this and run with it and, and keep the benefits. I have a quote here from Warren Berger, which is creativity has this amazing power to give you renewed enthusiasm and energy, even in the most difficult of circumstances. And that is exactly why people have embraced it the, the last year and a bit, because it, it was something to give renewed enthusiasm and energy. But if it gives you renewed enthusiasm and energy, wouldn't you want that all the time? Because even when there's not 
a global crisis going on, there is always something going on that is sucking your energy and there is always a crisis somewhere in the globe. So it seems like it's something that we should continue to try and benefit from. I'm a great believer that we all have creativity within us. We just need to nurture it. I am always advocating that people nurture their inner creative and this is important for those who are not professional creatives and who are we're all creative and I think that there becomes a sort of a muddied line between what people think creativity is if you're creative then you are crafty or you are artistic and artistic talent or craft skills like say the ability to crochet those are skills the creativity is something that is is far more abstract as a concept within us just want to talk a little bit about why I think creativity is important Being creative helps you become a better problem solver in all areas of your life. It teaches you to look at problems from all angles, including the really crazy ones. We spend our lives being taught how to attain targets and what are your KPIs and what's your quality assurance framework. And that just helps us maintain this status quo. But the problem is that mindset also quashes quite revolutionary thinking. And this isn't just me saying this. Many, many large companies are realising this, especially today when we have problems in the world that are crying out for revolutionary solutions to catastrophic problems. And we're talking big companies. It's not just me in my bedroom and a podcast. We're talking IBM, Microsoft, Google. They all pump huge amounts of cash into creativity training, an attribute that we were actually born with. So how do I know that we're all born with creativity? Well... In 1968, George Land, a professor, conducted a creativity test. He tested the same group of children at different ages using the test that he had developed for NASA to help them find the most innovative engineers and scientists because this was at the beginning of space exploration. So they didn't need just the smartest and brightest engineers and scientists that MIT could give them. They needed the ones who were going to think outside the box because... They were going to send people into space, something they'd never done before. And a lot of the thing might have sounded a little batshit crazy, to be honest. The test results among five-year-olds were coming out at like 98%. Then they did it with 10-year-olds, 30%, and 15-year-olds, 12%. He gave that same test to 280,000 adults, and they were scoring 2%. I mean, I personally find those test results astounding and it's proved that non-creative behaviour is learned behaviour. So why do we lose our creativity? We live in a world of society rules and regulations that confine not only our actions, but our way of thinking. The school systems typically frown upon daydreaming and imperfection. I don't think anyone came home today and said, I got a gold star because I was staring out the window and using my imagination instead of doing some sums. We spend our lives being taught how to attain targets, how to maintain the status quo. And the problem is that we are just continually quashing independent thought. And furthermore, we're now entering an age where even the artistic subjects are now boxed into markable criteria, thus negating the process of creativity. We moved in the UK from having things like art and design 
in what were the polytechnic colleges into university status so that everything could be a degree. But if everything then is a degree, you then have to make it fit a certain marking criteria. And that doesn't always work when you're looking at creativity. Schools are beginning to realise that life outside the classroom requires flexibility. There is something deeply satisfying about creating something yourself. Making things with our hands taps into our most primal of instincts. From the dawn of early humans, we have been creating for pleasure and necessity. Cave paintings, tiny sculptures played a part in prehistoric people's lives, as well as, you know, the useful crafts, such as making a shelter or clothing. If I give you a book recommendation, I will put this in the show notes as well. It's so accessible. It's called Human Instinct by Robert Winston. And a long time ago, there was an accompanying TV series, which I I can't even find on YouTube, sorry. There are so many benefits to nurturing creativity and the outcome of the creation is not actually what's important, it's the process. It's the actual creative process that improves your ability to focus, it encourages risk-taking, it improves critical thinking and problem-solving and it also allows you to have fun and meet like-minded people or develop a passion for lifelong learning and self-improvement. According to the charity Mind, continued learning through life actually enhances your self-esteem, encourages social interaction and leads to a more active life. So the act of creation gives you this sense of completion and achievement that we often lack in our everyday lives. If you think about how we live our life, household chores, our jobs, a lot of the tasks that we do are are cyclical and endless. It's, you know, it's like cleaning out the stables of of the gods. I'm not very good with my um, my Greek myths, but this endless task of somebody cleaning out stables. Our jobs have these tasks that stretch out in front of us with no real conclusion. You're every day you come in, you send emails, you pick up laundry, you put laundry on, and there's still more laundry to do. Psychologists have researched that this um, goal pursuit completion and how it impacts on our happiness and well-being is a big thing. So imagine how wonderful you'd feel when choosing a small project that you could make in a weekend, something physical, something tangible, a tangible object that will serve as a reminder of that happiness. When you return to your weekly grind, it's there It's in your home and it has served its purpose. The creative process reduces stress and anxiety and that is something that's been talked about a lot this year. Both of those things impact on mental and physical health. People forget that it actually has a physical outcome. It also raises your emotional quotient, EQ, which is very important when it comes to social behaviour and how you actually deal with conflict. So, A long, long time ago, I used to work in youth offending and we found that we're actually only working with young boys, so I I can only comment on that. But we were working with young boys and we found the ones that tested higher in their EQ were less likely to have um, physical conflict and have antisocial behaviour. So, I mean, that's quite fascinating and it's something that a lot of companies were bringing me in, you know, pre-pandemic I was talking to a lot of companies about doing that because conflict resolution within large organisations is hugely hugely important and can be so counterproductive to have a conflict going on within an organisation it just reduces productivity and companies like productivity and shareholders like productivity. Experimenting with materials those small manageable risks that you would have in a creative action it's manageable 
and it can alter how you will begin to see failures as a, just a natural part of life. So things become less catastrophic. And once that's become the established narrative in your brain, you grow more confident to try new things and take risks. And it is, it's mental training. We've talked so much, no, we haven't, but the world at large has talked so much about brain training. And it's true, there is neuroplasticity. Oh, neuroplasticity, why do I keep choosing to say such difficult words? It allows your mind to grow and have adaptability and train it to deal with quite a tricky and arduous world. I want to give you another quote, which is by Albert Einstein to show that I am not just being all woo-woo and talking about artists. And he has this quote that says, a person who has never made a mistake has never tried anything new. And that is so true. And it's something that I I have a, a child who is a, a mini perfectionist and loves co to catastrophize mistakes. And it's something that we try and do a lot of growth mindset with him to say, well, you know, that's how you learn. That's your brain getting bigger. When you mess up, your brain improves. It grows. It changes. Most people that I speak to, most adults that I speak to when I was still teaching workshops would come to me and say, oh, I'm not creative. And I always wondered why it is they, they thought that. And I think it's because not only the way that we are told the correct way to do things as children, but we, we get more nervous as we become older, which is why they say, you know, the sooner you learn how to drive, the better. We, we put more expectations on ourselves as we get older, but we also feel like to be creative, you have to do things in a certain way. And I, I'm not sure if the way that we live in this really aesthetic world with, you know, with Instagram and blogs and Pinterest, we feel that we have to fit that mold. If we're creative, then that is how you be creative. And if I'm not creative like that, then I must be doing it wrong and I'm ultimately not a creative person. You know, if the trend is macrame and punch needle, but that doesn't mean that it, you have to be good at it. And it doesn't even actually mean that that's going to be your thing because not everything is going to be your thing. You know, if you don't like pizza you don't have to eat pizza because everybody's just building a pizza oven in the back garden and I say this because I am actually currently building a pizza oven in our back garden so now I've told you why we were all born creative I waxed lyrical about why I think creativity is just bloody marvelous but if we've lost our creativity how do we reawaken this inert skill in ourselves well I have some advice we have to start looking at how we approached life when we were children. We should remind ourselves of the wonder of exploring and observing the world around us, collect the things that are precious to us, and recall the happiness we felt when we brought home that special stick or that beautiful rock that you found in a car park. Any parent now who has a child probably has a special stone collection inside. And play with materials. Gain the satisfaction and calmness that a child feels after a day of really good play. Create something without the worry or anxiety of how a piece will turn out. You don't have to be concerned if it will sell. You don't have to be concerned if people are going to like it on Instagram. It's not for them. It's for you. I created a course, um, or I am currently creating a course that uh, I will be launching at some point, and I examine the four stages of creativity, and those are explore, collect, play, and create. 
and mastering those stages mean that you can apply those lessons to any future project and it's the first stage in living a more creative life every day. But I'm not going to take you through an entire course now because it's just Sunday and you're listening to a podcast, you don't need me wittering on for days and days, but I will give you some of the tips on finding your thing. So I've talked about exploring, I've talked about reawakening that inner child. When you're trying to get to the post office and you're trying to get there and back in five minutes, which is perfectly doable without a child, think about how that child will walk to the post office. They will stop and they will look at things. So there's a snail on the wall, there's a line of ants, look at this moss. Why is this moss yellow and that moss green? Look at how many different types of green in that one piece of moss. Take some time for yourself to walk around the world, to walk around your street, walk around your home like your child does. Bring home the special stones and draw them. Do a rubbing on a tree. Just play with the things that are around you. Finding your thing is a process that you can go through. It might be a piece of cake for some people might be sitting there thinking do you know what I feel that listening to this I'm going to give myself permission to learn to crochet get on YouTube and watch some videos because I've been wanting to crochet for decades and that's fine but perhaps finding your thing isn't going to be easy for some it isn't going to be a matter of reconnecting with a lost passion that you had when you were younger and finding a creative outlet as an adult can feel daunting because we normally have quite a lot on our plate so to take on another task of self-discovery and finding out what to do, it can, you know, it's just, do we need one more thing on our to-do list? Children just create. And we, we, we make a product. We think, what am I creating as opposed to what just doing something? And that's the difference. So we see and we want to see a thing and we create that thing and we produce that item. We are the generation of craft kits. And don't get me wrong, because craft kits are a perfectly valid item. And they're a really good way for someone who knows they want to try embroidery or weaving or knitting. And they are time poor anyway, so they can just pick that up and think, that's what I can do, that's what I want to do. But just imagine how much you could end up spending on kits if you haven't actually found your thing yet and you're just, you don't know that embroidery is going to be your thing, but you've bought an embroidery kit and you didn't get on with it. And then you bought the knitting kit and you didn't get on with it. And it can become quite costly. And it could be the thing then that makes you think, yeah, no, see, I'm, I was right. I'm, I'm not a creative person. I'm not going to get into having a creative outlet at all. So the first bit of advice I would give you, if this is you, if this is you're in that position of, thinking, well, I, I don't know what my creative outlet is going to be. I don't really know what I like. I don't have a, a passion that I let go of because I just didn't have time when I became an adult. First of all, just let go of what you think of as a creative activity because you don't have to buy a craft kit, nor do you even have to make a craft because your creative outlet could be writing, it could be photography, you could do that with your phone, it could be gardening, it could be cooking. You may well find an art and craft path, but don't discount any inner creative true desire because you don't deem the activity to be creative. Take a moment to think about your life and consider everything that you do in your day with new eyes. Do you play with your children? Well, that takes creativity. Have you ever cooked a meal when there's barely any food in the house? That's creative. Have you ever managed a really tiny budget? That's creative. Creativity is in you and the action of you nurturing it is what will free you. When we are thinking about craft, 
cost. You have to kind of think about the costs. We don't live in this perfect world where we can swap a sheep for a goat and I don't have any sheep or goats, so that wouldn't work. We live in a world where we have to consider the cost of our venture. It's unrealistic not to. So if there's something you want to try, don't remortgage the house to do so. Start small and be thrifty. When I wanted to sew, I used old bedding that was languishing in the bottom of the linen box and thread that I'd found in car boot sales. Be thrifty and use what you have. So I'm just going to leave you with some really quick ways to try and awaken your inner creative and your inner child. So first up, curate. Look for the relationship between items in your home, the colours, the textures. Try and find a story. Look at the things that are already around you and see how they talk to one another, rearrange things in a more mindful and purposeful way. Reflect. This is your next task. Allow yourself to get lost in thought. Stop looking at Pinterest and Instagram for your creative inspiration. Go and go for a walk. Read a book that isn't a craft book. Read a, you know, a novel or a science book. Pick up a book about fractals and I do my next tip is play. Play games, do a jigsaw, dance like no one is watching you, stimulate your inner child, bust some moves, but don't, you know, pull any joints, which I have done when I was trying to be Jamiroquai in the kitchen. Do some research, look at some books, look at books on nature, on science, on history, read poems, um, look at field guides, nature field guides, they are a wonderful resource. Go and explore, exploring is the best thing you can do. And this is something that a lot of people were saying they were doing over the, the last year because they weren't travelling far. They were finding new things in their area, whether they lived in the countryside or semi-rural or suburbia or inner city. They were going and finding new routes and new things, things that they didn't know were there on their doorstep. Go on a listening walk. Visit somewhere that's new. You can even plan a trip now. Most countries are, are getting to the stage where you can plan a trip. Just go outside. Just being outside. At Stanford University, they did a study that concluded that walking stimulates creativity. And even in their study, they even showed that walking inside stimulated creativity. How they did this was they got a bunch of people, gave them a problem that they wanted to think about, and then put them on a treadmill for a period of time. And the people who just read the problem and then went away and sat and tried to come up with their solutions were not as innovative as the people who had been walking on the treadmill for 10 or 20 minutes after being given that problem. Do some experimenting. Take one material, limit yourself. Take a simple ballpoint pen. My friend and artist, Julia Ogden, go and look her up and I'll put her in the show notes, does some amazing drawings just with a black biro. Penultimate tip, observe. Start to really look at the world and the inspiration that can be found. Look in the most mundane of places. Everybody knows that you can go to a beautiful, stately home and be inspired. Just walk down your high street, go to the market. One thing that I really notice now and look out for are these ghosts of adverts of old when they used to paint adverts on the side of shops and buildings or warehouses and over decades that has slightly disappeared and I always see them now and I see them everywhere. 
And the last tip is start recording things, make scrapbooks, make a photo album, take notes on the world around you to have a little notebook and record in it the smells that you had, a funny thing that someone said, um, something that you saw that day, a colour that you saw if it was a particularly wonderful flower or so the colour on somebody's coat. Start to pull those things together, which takes you right back to the first tip, which was be a curator of the things that you find in the world around you. So by now, I hope you have a really good idea of where you want to start. And I'm a big believer in daily practice, even if it's only five or ten minutes a day. Set yourself a weekly goal that is achievable and realistic because setting yourself a goal that is not going to be able to be managed with your time and what you have to do in the day is just setting yourself up for failure and going back to my episode on good habits people say how do you keep up the habit well no one ever questions how you maintain a bad habit only the good ones so be that person that keeps a good habit and create the life that you deserve i hope you've really enjoyed this episode i will put a link in the show notes to my website where you can sign up um, for emails i have created a free ebook all about finding creativity. It reiterates a lot of the things that I've said in this episode and it also is a workbook so that you can go through that and fill things in and find your creativity. I've also put in the ebook a list of things to read and listen to and be inspired by from other podcasts to articles and videos about some of the things I mentioned today, such as the Stanford study or tales of creativity and play and some really great books. So I do hope you sign up for that. It's, it's completely free. I love that you are still listening to this podcast. I get so excited when I see the download numbers going up and up and getting all of the lovely comments. So thank you and I'll speak to you next week.